1: netsuite.com slash hollywood netsuite.com slash hollywood the following podcast contains explicit language sarah given what we have been through the last week i cannot imagine doing this job without a partner oh i know i don't know how people do it I, it baffles me <laughs> i need you liz <laughs> i need you i need you more <laughs>
0: Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Liz.
1: That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles.
0: Today, we'll share a true tale of professional perseverance, which is a fancy way of saying we really struggled on episode <laughs> two of The Fix.
1: Like, really struggled. It was painful. It really was. But we
0: prevailed, and we're hoping that talking about it will help us and you the next time our jobs get hard and overwhelming.
1: Then we'll reveal a soothing Hollywood hack that's convenient and necessary, especially when you're as stressed as we are right now. (laughs) And
0: finally, we have a very exciting, vicarious celebrity sighting.
1: But first, we have an update. We're just a couple episodes away from our special Happier Labor Day episode. And it's not just us. All the podcasts and the Onward family, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, which I co host Side Hustle School with Chris Gillibo and Happier in Hollywood will be talking about Labor Day, each in our own unique way, but with one theme, Happier Labor Day.
0: Yes, and as we prepare for that episode, we have a question for our listeners.
1: Does your job define you, and should it? Yeah, Sarah, we have already gotten so many great responses to this question. Each one is interesting in a different way, and we're hearing from people of all ages. Which which is is, fantastic. So we really want to hear from you. Tell us how old you are. Um, Of course, you don't have to give your exact age, (laughs) but we're just curious about the generational divide on this question, if there is one. The so millennials feel differently than Gen Xers and baby boomers. And of course, there's the Gen Zers out there. Now, oh, my Sarah. goodness. Let us know your thoughts, email, or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Okay, Sarah, let's dive into our segment from the treadmill desk sub, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And today it's the story of the fix, episode 102, <laughs> which is a tale of perseverance. And a little bit of panic. Yes, quite a bit of panic, certainly, at moments.
0: Yeah, and we should just say 102 means the second episode. Yeah,
1: the pilot is the first episode, 102 is the second, and then it's 103, 104, 105, etc.
0: And when you get to the second season, it's two. Yes. 201, 202, 203.
1: So we broke the second episode literally starting the day we... We, the, the day we started work, we started breaking the second episode. I mean, we just dove right into it because yeah. we didn't have a lot of prep time. Yeah, And when we say breaking, we should explain what that means.
0: Yes. This is one of the questions we get asked so often, and it's kind of hard to explain. But it's basically, you know, every TV show is divided into acts. Six acts these days, which is its own subject. Uh, and then every act is broken down into scenes, And, of course, over the course of an episode, you need a great plot that drives the episode forward. And you also need emotional arcs for all the characters. So in every scene, you have to figure out what you're doing for the plot and for the characters and where each scene fits into the overall arc for the episode.
1: And that's what we call breaking a story, is figuring all those things out. Yes. Um, And we broke this with our staff We thought we had a great break. We Mm -hmm. were really excited. Even after we wrote the outline, we thought the outline was totally solid. Mm -hmm. And then you and I and Marsha wrote this episode. We went off and wrote it, and then we read it. And that's where the trouble started. And, boy, it sucked, yeah, I mean it was sad it, it was I was like, this is one of the top five worst scripts we've ever written, yeah, and it was um not a happy feeling,
0: no, and of course, there's a tremendous amount of pressure, yes, on the second episode on every episode, really, but, but especially this, on the second one, yeah,
1: yeah, that's it's kind of the hardest episode because the pilot sets everything up, it's big and splashy. And then in the second episode, you have to remind everyone what the show is. So you're kind of resetting what the show is, but you still need to move forward and have it be exciting. So it's a tricky—it's a particularly tricky episode. And for
0: this reason, second episodes are kind of notorious. Yes. Like, they're often Problematic.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, But anyway, we read it, and we were like, this is terrible— so then we, you know, erased the board and rebroke the episode entirely. And then rewrote it again. And then we rewrote it. And then we put it together and read. And this was the really sad part. Because it still sucked. Yes, it was still bad. So bad. That's when we really started panicking. Yeah. Because we were like, oh, my God, yeah. what are we going to do? This is still not a good episode. We cannot hand this in. We that can't. was pacing around the office, oh, freaking out moments. yes. That was really brutal. And then we pulled our shit together. Yes. We rebroke it again. And then, and then you sort of had an insight that led to a mini rebreak of um, mm-hmm. a couple of things the next day.
0: I don't even remember what that was.
1: Well, trust me. You had an insight. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> okay, good. And we wrote it again. Yeah. And by the way, this is all in the space of like seven days, right? Yeah. Yes. Eight days um, that we redid it three times. It was a rather intense <laughs> period. And then it was really good. Yeah. And that was the lesson that, as panicked as we were (laughs) at times, we just kept doing what we do. We're like, we know how to break stories. We know that we know how. Despite all the evidence to the contrary. (laughs) Because we recognize that this isn't working. I mean, a big part of knowing how to do something is recognizing when it's not working. Right. And so we just sort of sat down with Marsha um, and just grind it away until we got a story that felt propulsive, emotional, that had stakes, that moved, you know, that we thought had interesting scenes mm-hmm. that like would and a tune-in factor where people would want to come back next week. Um, and we finally got there. Yeah. And it was not easy, but it was so in a lot of ways
0: really good. Yeah. Because it made us feel confident. Yes. That we can do this. Even when things aren't working, yeah. we can kind of wrangle our emotions Yes, and wrangle our brains mm-hmm. into making something work.
1: Yeah, I mean, because what's great, we're going to have a lot of tough moments yes. this season, just because that's the nature of any TV show, especially the first season. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we had that experience, because I think it's just going to help us stay on track for the rest of the season, whether it be... An editing issue, like I'm sure we'll watch a cut of something in the future and feel like, oh my God, this isn't turning out the way we thought it would. And having gone through the 102 journey, <laughs> we'll now be like, okay, we know we can sit down and figure out, there was something we loved about this story. We felt like it was the story to tell. So let's figure out what we can do to this cut to get it back, or not back, but to get it where it needs to be. Right.
0: Yeah. Um. And we thought just... In the big picture, it might be helpful to talk about the things we did do and the things we didn't do.
1: Yes, because everyone experiences this. Yeah. I mean, ours was particular to an episode of television, but everyone has these moments at work and at home where things (laughs) just don't seem like they're where they need to be. Right. So the thing
0: and we talked about this a little bit already, but the thing we didn't do is break down Mm -hmm. Um, as a team. The three of us really stayed a team.
1: Yes. And we did sleep. Yes. Not as much as we would have liked, but we didn't stay and pull all miters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we kept it, like, sane. Right. Semi-sane. Pretty sane. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we were working seven days a week, but not all around the clock. I think we
0: recognized when our brains were done.
1: Yeah. And then stopped. Yeah. Diminishing returns.
0: Right. And then I think one of our listeners wrote in with the phrase, action is the antidote to anxiety. And Brooke, our old assistant, who is now a writer on The Fix, um, that has become kind of her personal mantra. And we for sure (laughs) found that that was useful during this kind of week of hell.
1: Yes. When it comes to perseverance, action is definitely the antidote to anxiety. Um, And We've come out the other side. Have Mm -hmm. we mentioned the network loved the script and the studio? No, we haven't. Thank God. Yes. So (laughs) that was a huge relief. That helped. Um, And it also told us that our gut was right. Like, Mm -hmm. we know if something's working or not working, and we should always listen to our gut. Yes. Even if we'd rather not. Even if it would be so much better (laughs) to just give up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Sarah, now we just have to do that same thing eight more times are you are just like panic on my yes. face panic yeah. on you my face pale. it'll be good we got it we got this we can do it so if you have a story like ours where perseverance paid off um, even if you did experience a little bit of panic along the way email us at happier at gmail.com or send a voice memo we really want to hear your stories of perseverance coming up we've got a listener question about whether or not somebody should get a dog Very intriguing, Sarah.
0: And you're going through this, so I am. Of course, I have a lot of opinions about it.
1: But first, a word from our sponsor. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having
0: a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's
1: Head to factormeals.com slash H-I-H 50 and use code H-I-H 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code H-I-H 50 at factormeals.com slash H-I-H 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
0: Okay, Liz, now it's time for a listener question. Um I love this question. Amy in our Facebook group wrote, I am reflecting on the episodes of Happier when Gretchen, this is Happier with Gretchen Rubin, which you co-host with your sister, um, when Gretchen was debating getting a dog because I myself am trying to decide whether or not I should get a dog. Pros include running walking buddy, happiness boost, companion for my cat and my office being dog friendly so I could Mm. bring him her to work. Cons include extra vet food supply costs, potential for destruction in my apartment, (laughs) having to find someone to watch the dog when I go out of town.
1: What to do? Well, Sarah, as you mentioned, we are going through this in general. Adam and Jack and I have decided that we want to get a dog, um, but we haven't really made any moves toward it. My thing in terms of her questions, because, of course, I've been mulling this, Mm -hmm is I really want to get a dog that's not a puppy. Like, I want to rescue a dog who's at least two so that it's housebroken, it's been through the puppy-chewing phase, it's not like howling all night as some puppies do in my experience. (laughs) Um, And you can kind of get a sense of its temperament Mm -hmm. um, so you know it's not going to destroy the apartment. Uh, That is a really good idea.
0: And That's I That's what you that, did with Crackers. That is what I did with Crackers. I have two dogs, cheesy feet and crackers. <laughs> cheese and crackers. Um and crackers, <laughs> I will say, not housebroken mm. when I got him. Um marginally housebroken now. <laughs> but but I totally knew what his temperament was and his personality. And you know, he was a street dog. Um and really needed a home and he's the
1: sweetest dog in the history of everything. He really is sweet. And the thing for Amy is like it is a lot of extra cost to have mm, a dog. Yeah. Um, I see the you know your costs over the years. Yeah, but the fact that she can bring the dog to work, I mean, that's a huge savings huge. because you don't have to pay for a dog walker or you don't have to you know put the dog in doggy daycare. So I mean, just being able to have the dog with you. Makes it much cheaper. Yes, and she should also look
0: into having a crate for her dog because she mentioned destruction of mm. her apartment. It's okay to crate a dog not for all day, but for shorter periods of time if you can't be at home with them. It's totally fine to create a dog for a few hours um, and cr- you know, give them a safe space that is their own and also protects your space.
1: Also, if you get a rescue, a lot of times they have done a lot of the vet Work, You know, yes. had their shots been spayed or neutered. So that cuts down. Now, over the years, will there be costs? Yes. Yeah. And food, of course, and other kind of care. Um, but there are ways to mitigate.
0: Yes. If you financially really would struggle to have a dog, definitely don't. Right. You know, I, I, right. I really think if you evaluate your finances and think like, OK, this is going to be like a tipping point for me, not a good idea. But if it's something that you can handle financially, the happiness boost can't
1: be underestimated. That's what everyone says. I'm still not convinced. Dogs
0: are <laughs> awesome, Liz. We'll see. You can snuggle with a dog on the
1: couch. They're just fun to have around. Yeah, they are fun. They make your life better. Yeah, I'm open to it, as I've said. We're, I'm moving that direction. Okay. Well, Amy, let us know what you do. And we'll let our
0: listeners know what Liz does. <laughs> yes,
1: keep will keep you posted. <laughs> and thank you for your question. And now it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, Soothe. Sarah, this is something you discovered. It's an app. You have to tell everybody what it is. Okay, yes. So
0: Soothe is an on-demand massage app. Um, I actually discovered this a couple years ago, and then I forgot about it. Mm. And then... Um, this week, I was so stressed. I had, having, oh yeah, I was having back spasms and didn't have time to actually go anywhere to get a massage. And I remembered Soothe. This and not an ad, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an ad. Um, Soothe is an app that allows you to book a massage in your home. And they, this is from, I think, their... Um, App description: They match your massage request with a vetted certified massage therapist available in your area at the specified time. So um, Snowy was my massage therapist. She mm. arrived with her table. She set it up in my guest bedroom. I got a 90-minute massage after Violet went to sleep, and it really helped my back.
1: Well, yeah, it's like for you, this is great because you're an only parent. You can't sneak out for a massage at 9 o'clock the exactly. way Adam and I can. Yeah um so we can go off and do this but for anyone who's sort of stuck at home this is such a like perfect thing it is and it's not
0: i don't think i don't get tons of massages so i don't have the prices in my yeah. head but i don't think it's more expensive than going to like burke williams
1: right it's sort of the uber of massages <laughs> Totally. Yes. it's a game changer <laughs> yes so, did you um, like? Are you gonna do this on a regular basis?
0: Yeah, I actually signed up for like a once a month thing.
1: Oh, nice! Because I feel like just overall,
0: it's it's good. It's good to get massages and relax. And Adam loves massages, Self-care.
1: even though he can go out at night. I should just get this for him. Cause you should. He would love it. If yeah, he could like have them set up in our office. Yeah. Um. And and the fact that it can be late at night is really helpful. Yeah. You know because days are busy.
0: Yes. God, they are.
1: (laughs) I'm a big fan of Soothe right now.
0: And again, not an ad. Um, Coming up, we have a vicarious celebrity sighting. But first, a word from our sponsor.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for this week's celebrity sighting. We vicariously saw Ewan McGregor this week at the Disney lot. So we didn't ourselves see him, but... Jerome Schwartz, one of the writers on The Fix, saw him, Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty good story. (laughs) So, Sarah, on the Disney lot, there's a gym, which I didn't know we were allowed to join because technically we're not Disney employees. We're independent contractors. But it turns out you can use the gym. Um, And Jerome was using the gym, I think, right after work. Uh He went over and was on the treadmill and it was the day when there was that big red carpet. They were having the Christopher Robin premiere party. Yes. At... And we did walk that red yes. carpet. Just, I think I Instagrammed a picture of yeah. myself on the red carpet. It was just a long time before the actual premiere. Yes. <laughs> right. They were setting it up like all day. Yeah, And so Jerome was on the treadmill and he looked out the window and he saw Ewan McGregor on the red carpet. He's like, oh, wow, there's Ewan McGregor right there outside of my gym. (laughs) Um, But the funny part about it was that the woman on the treadmill next to him suddenly (laughs) hopped off the treadmill, grabbed her stuff, and ran (laughs) out. And then he saw her um, go outside and approach Ewan McGregor (laughs) because she obviously was excited to have that celebrity sighting. It's a good one. So it was just a funny... um, It shows you... What I like about it is that it says even people who work at Disney, like all of us, obviously that woman works at Disney if she was in that gym, we still get starstruck.
0: It's true. And Jerome also said that Ewan McGregor was very fashionable. Mm. He said he had a no socks look with rolled up pants.
1: Uh, Very
0: chill for a premiere. Yeah, We should look for those pictures online.
1: He probably has that star vibration that we talk about where from a block away, you can just tell there's a big star nearby. Yes, that glow. Yes.
0: I'm sad we missed it.
1: I am sad. Since we're always late at work anyway, next time there's a red carpet, we should go out and sort of look around and see who we can see once the event actually starts. Yes. Rather than before the event. Yes.
0: All right. We'll put that on the to-do list. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already and do send us your Labor Day
1: stories about whether or not you are defined by your job. Thank you to our producer, the amazing Chuck Reed and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to our awesome ad team at Panoply.
0: Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, for helping us juggle the craziness of our lives these days. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in
1: Hollywood is part of the Onward Project.
0: Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation.
1: Until next week, I'm Liz Kraft
0: and I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job and we enjoy it. Well, I don't know why the pilot starts at 100.
1: Oh, does it? Well, you know what I mean yeah. and, and then it or I 101. Never that. I guess
0: the pilot in this case is 101 if there was a number and then it's Oh, I'm Okay, can we just stop for a second? Because I'm just now getting that it's season one. <laughs> <All right>. Anyway, <laughs> never sorry. mind all that. <laughs>